Hello and welcome to the Four Color Nerds Broke Gaming Podcast, Episode 17. I'm Missy and I'm joined by some other PC gaming nerds, Ryan. Hello. Tom. Hello. And Chris. Hello. Together we take on PC gaming for the cheap and broke. Each week we gather here to find a great game for a great price. We review the prior week's selection and see if it was worth our money and time. Then we pick a new game and do it all over again. This is a review show, so there will be spoilers. This week's game is Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor. Our companion song is Twist of Cain by Danzig. Let's take a listen. I picked that song because that song is all about murder. And <laughs> this game, it starts with murder. There's murder in the beginning. It ends with murder. It's murder fest. Middle Earth Shadows of Mordor was developed by Monolith Productions, was published by Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. It's available on Linux, Microsoft Windows, OS X, PlayStation 3 and 4, Xbox 360 and 1, and we purchased it on G2A.com for $4.53. Middle-Earth Shadows of Mordor is very similar in playstyle to Assassin's Creed in the way that you sneak around, you jump down on people, you slit their throats from behind. I mean, you can also charge into combat and just straight-out brawl with people more like a Batman game, but mechanically, that's what the fighting is like. I always think about it as like Assassin's Creed set in the Cimmerellian because the Middle-earth lore is really pretty in-depth in here. There's all kinds of things to find and explore and little hidden tidbits in there. I suppose the key mechanic for this game that makes it different than other games and what people tend to notice about it is the way that your enemies react to what you do. That you will fight them and you will die. And normally in games that's kind of a bummer. But Middle-earth is a little different because when you die, first of all, you're going to come back to life because you've been cursed by Sauron to serve him as like this half undead thing that keeps returning to life on your like quest for vengeance against him. The orcs remember that they killed you and kind of how they killed you. And when you go to fight them, they'll bring it up how they killed you. They're like, oh, I split your head open with an axe or I roasted you in a fire, you know, whatever they did, they'll bring it up. And all the orcs fight each other. And as they kill you, they get stronger. And the longer they go after killing you without you hunting them back down and getting your vengeance and killing them, the stronger they get. So I think that that one aspect takes one of the most unpleasant aspects of a game, which is dying, and turns it into sort of an integral and exciting part of the game. And I think that's what sets this above and apart from other games. I think that's really a key difference. What do you guys think of it? I like that it doesn't ignore death, like which is that it weaves it into the game a lot better than a lot of other games do. And like I think even if you like run away from somebody, if you face them again, they'll be like, oh, you're going to run again? They remember everything, and it's pretty cool, pretty neat. Orcs are assholes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they're orcs. They're not nice. <laughs> Yeah, they definitely do a lot with the death aspect in the game. I think my favorite part of this was where you can engage in them when they are having power struggles. There are 
parts of the of the game where like one orc will fight another and they will you know try to either kill each other or they'll ambush another or you know somebody will have like a feast and if you just let those things go then the orcs will get uh, stronger but you can get involved in them and interfere and cause them to humiliate themselves and then they either run off and they lose power or you can have the weaker guy get power and then come up and kill him because he's weaker by uh, taking out the other guy it's really fascinating how they put so much into the captain aspect of the game which is the orc captains yeah i really feel like the world is alive and reacts to what you do and what you do matters I think they do a really good job of that. Yeah, and also to what you don't do, because some of those power struggles and things will take place if you show up or not. Like, if you don't show up, then the feast goes on as planned, and he gets more powerful or gets more followers or whatever. Or if the duel happens without you coming in there, then one of them might die or not, and the other one will get stronger. I didn't get very far in the game, but I liked stabbing people. The sneak up and stab. <laughs> I was pretty good with that. Oh, it's a lot of fun to stab people. Yeah, I also like when you interrogate people, when you kind of like grab them and use ghost powers to rip things out of their mind. I think that looks pretty cool. And it's pretty fun too, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, the visuals in this game are really good. And also, the story is better than I expected. Like, right from the beginning, you're invested in, you know, your family's life that's happening here, and then orcs and, you know, raiders from Mordor come in and just start murdering everyone and ruining your life. And then there's this whole ghost aspect that's going on, and, you know, everyone wants vengeance in this game, and it's really quite a good story. Way better than it needs to be. Yeah, and the plot kind of centers around the lore of the One Ring, and kind of ties it into the overall universe that way. Yeah, the relationship between your character, between Talion, the main character, of the game and the elf wraith can't recall his name but that may actually be spoilers uh so maybe i'll leave that part out this show has spoilers <laughs> it's okay <laughs> okay i think it was uh calabrimbor the uh you find out you know later that um he's the creator of the rings of power and going through that aspect of the story and discovering so much about each of the characters and that the wraith is even though he is dead and and a person he is still you know a character of his own and he is remembering this and remembering the pain and reacting to all of this and it really brings the characters to life in that respect and running across uh, golem is pretty cool yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, that does a good job of tying it into the timeline whenever you run into Gollum, because it's clear then that it's between The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, because he's still going on about Baggins right. and all that. Yeah, I thought that the way that they immerse you into the Middle-Earth and The Lord of the Rings is really well done. There's tons of depth to it. Like, as far as you want to dig down, you're going to find more in the middle of, you know, stabbing people, which right. is also a lot of fun. Yay, stabby. Stabby, stabby. You got the outcasts that you can help. It's mostly optional. Um, I know there's some parts of it that you can help the outcasts, but uh, a lot of other optional things you can do to, to increase the power of your weapons. Like, each of the weapons has a story to it, and you unlock more of that and learn more about the lore of that. And then the relics that you can find, you hear little audio snippets as you find relics across the land, and that increases your powers, too. So, it's really well done, and they really seem to have thought out quite a lot. The one thing that I don't like about it is at times the controls can be a little bit awkward, especially when you are sneaking up on enemies, let's say if you get a little bit too close to the wall and you kind of stick to the wall when you're sneaking. <laughs> so getting away from that was a little awkward. Yeah, I had that happen a few times. And you're sneaking, all of a sudden you're in a bush and then now you're stuck up on a wall trying to sneak by the wall and now you're not in the bush anymore. But otherwise... You know, I, th I think the, the game was pretty solid. Yeah, so what did you guys use? Did you guys use a controller or a keyboard for this one? Keyboard. Keyboard. 
I kind of preferred playing it on the keyboard, I guess, just because of uh, the interaction between in fighting was a little bit uh, easier for me. The pressing dual buttons to get uh, some of the things to happen versus a single key on the keyboard uh, when you're doing executions is uh, it's a little easier to me to, to do that on keyboard versus having to press both the buttons at the same time on the controllers. Yeah, I, I prefer a controller in general for like this third-person action kind of game. And I will say, though, that the Steam controller, when I tried to use that, didn't work out very well. It's trying to like aim the arrow the bow and arrow with the like right trackpad kind of thing didn't work very well and i had to switch to my trusty xbox 360 with the actual joystick yeah i could see that yeah it's it was easier to aim with a mouse but i could not do that with a trackball i found that you have so many options of what you can do that the controller in general you know is good for those kind of games but i think there were too many options of what you can do and that the keyboard like you were saying has buttons for everything and just just easier yeah i agree for this particular game so just a quick random question for everybody what was your preferred method of fighting stealth using the bow to take out uh, enemies or just straight up rambo style face bashing <laughs> rambo style face bashing <laughs> i usually like playing sniper character that's my favorite so the bow and arrow for you yeah <laughs> i always had a plan which was to sneak up like an invisible ghost and slash their throat from behind and you know be stealthy but i usually would trip over my own feet and then end up in the middle of you know 15 works and it would just be <laughs> you know, blood fest <laughs> as i just started fighting for my life over and over again kind of i had i guess two ways <laughs> Yeah, I always tried to stealth in and take out, like, the big shield guys or the berserkers, the ones that are, like, actually difficult mm-hmm. to take down. And then after yeah. that, then you can just run in sword swinging. My favorite lead-off was using the Brutalize ability, which you can unlock later on. That's another thing you, as you go through the game, you can unlock different uh, aspects for your character and increase your abilities, make your guy more powerful. And you can unlock a Brutalize, which you jump down as a stealth kill, and you stab the hell out of one of the guys, and it freaks out the orcs that are around and they all scatter, and then some other ones come in and rush, and at that point, you know, I'll just do hack and slash, beat the crap out of them. Using that uh, repeated execution ability that you can get was really amazing. Yeah, you really feel powerful when it gives you some of those abilities. It does a good job of that. I will give it four and a half bloody vengeance. I will give it three and a half preciouses. I will go with four, I thought I already killed you, captains. And I'll go with four golems out of five. There actually was one piece that uh, we didn't talk about where you killed one of the captains. Sometimes they would keep coming back. I thought it was kind of amusing that sometimes you would, uh, it didn't usually happen this way. Usually they would be just kind of like killed and knocked out and not dismembered. But every now and again, you'd behead a captain and then he would come back and say, ha, you thought you killed me. You should have made sure and now I'm going to kill you. And I was like, I literally chopped your head off and it was rolling down the hill. And now you just walked up to me like (laughs) 10 minutes later. I'm really confused. And the abilities that you get, there's like three of the same from the same guy all lined up, the weapon abilities. And it was, yeah, a little amusing there. You know the law. Eight games enter, one game leaves. Each week we have a budget of $5 to spend on a game. If we spend less than that, we roll a spare change into next week. Every week we each bring two games to consider. We each vote for a game and we cannot vote for our own game. The game with the most votes is our next game to play and review. This week we have $8.49.
So the first game that I want to put out there is called Tales from the Borderlands, and right now it is 624 on the Humble Store. It is a five-part series. It's another Telltale game, and I know we've had a couple of those recently, but they're so good that I wanted to put this one out here. This includes all five episodes for 624, which is a pretty good deal. It's normally $25. And here's the rundown. You'll play as Reese, a Hyperion suit with dreams of being the next handsome Jack, and Fiona, a Pandoran con artist looking to score her biggest ever swindle. Thrown together as unwilling partners in an adventure to recover cash they both think is theirs, their journey will take you on a wild ride where gangsters, bandit lords, and vault hunters are just some of the obstacles you are encounter in this new take on the award-winning universe created by Gearbox Software. And since Borderlands itself is a little rich for our blood, I figured we could get into the tales from the Borderlands and then maybe start Borderlands eventually down the road. And then my second game, I think, is going to be pretty awesome. It is Life is Strange, and on Steam right now, you can get Episode 1 for free. So that's going to save us a lot of money. And the game's plot focuses on Maxine Max Caulfield, a photography student who discovers that she has the ability to rewind time at any moment, leading her every choice to enact the butterfly effect. After having foreseen an approaching storm, Max must take on the responsibility to prevent it from destroying her town. The player's actions will adjust the narrative as it unfolds and reshape it once you're allowed to travel back in time. It's won three awards, and I have played about two minutes of it and it looks like a very pretty game but I haven't really gotten to much of the story yet so I kind of wanted to throw that out there because it is free so we can roll over the entire 849 into next week and it sounds like a pretty good game it's won a couple of awards it has overwhelmingly positive reviews and it's been suggested to me to play a couple of times Alright, so my first game is Transistor, which is $3.99 on Steam right now. It is an action RPG set in a cool, like, futuristic cyberpunk city where a secret society has decided to take over using this robotic army. And you play as Red, a singer that they tried to assassinate with this sword-like weapon called the Transistor. But somebody else gets in the way and gets killed instead, and Red takes the Transistor and finds that the man's consciousness has been absorbed into the sword. His voice is actually the voice that you hear throughout the game, and she doesn't ever speak. And it's got a cool, like, a battle system where you can kind of pause and give commands and stuff too. And it's from the same guys who made Bastion. So they've got a couple other uh, pretty good games out there. And my second game is Mighty Number no. 9, which is $6.79 on the Humble Store right now in their big sale. And this game, I believe it was a Kickstarter game? Yeah, it was on Kickstarter. Yeah, so it was a Kickstarter game from one of the guys who created Mega Man way back in the day and is supposed to be kind of a Mega Man successor in spirit. And so that's pretty much the kind of gameplay that you can expect from it. And there was a lot of hype surrounding this game and then a lot of mixed feelings when it finally came out. So I figure it might be a good one to review and see if it was if it is actually worth the money. As far as I know, none of us are huge Mega Man fans, so I don't think we're, we would be terribly biased. I mean, I played the shit out of Mega Man when I was a kid, but I haven't gone back to it in 20 years, easily. I all played right. all of the Mega Mans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll be biased. We'll see. <laughs> I, did, I did see it though, and I was I was interested. So, <laughs> my first game is Downwell. It is two ninety nine on Steam. It came highly recommended. It's a fast paced action platformer. Although looking at the videos, I, I call it more of a shooter, but. 
The trick to this platformer is that instead of traveling side-scrolling, it's actually traveling downward. So you are going down into a into a pit, and I just thought that it was a, a kind of a, a neat twist on your typical side-scroller. It is described as a curious game about a young person venturing down a well in search of untold treasures with only his gun boots for protection. Make your way further and further down into the darkness, filled with nasty creatures and mysterious secrets to collect the spectacular red gems scattered about the rocks. Step into precariously placed shops and buy some helpful items or level up between levels to battle well-dwelling monsters and uncover hidden caves filled with riches and relics. No two trips down the well are ever the same. My second game is Momodora Reverie Under the Moonlight. It is $6.99 on the Humble Bundle store. Momodora is a 2D side-scrolling action-adventure game in the Metroidvania gameplay style. You play as Keiho, a fighting priestess, Evil has spread across the land, and hope is lost. Keho seeks an audience with the queen to ask for help in cleansing the evil, and this is the start of the story and portrayed as your last hope. It's actually the fourth game in the series, and it's received uh, overwhelmingly positive reviews on Steam. I selected it because uh, I've been a fan of the Metroid and Castlevania-style games for quite a long time, and the art style really appeals to me, so I thought it might be something nice to try. Okay. So my first game is Ori in the Blind Forest, which you can get on G2A for $6.40. So this is also a Metroidvania-type game where you control two characters. You have this kind of like white, ghostly spirit of the forest, and then you also have like the eyes of the forest that you're controlling. And there's these platform-type puzzles that you have to solve. You switch between the worlds uh, as you're trying to solve them. And it's supposed to be a beautiful game. It's got a lot of praise for its art style, for the story. And it just looks really, really interesting. So I think that would be kind of an interesting game to check out. And then my second game, and I've recommended this game before, is Wolfenstein The New Order. If you've played any Wolfenstein games, you pretty much know what you're going to be getting here. There's going to be Nazis, and you're going to shoot them. And that, to me, sounds like a great time. Right? So... Wolfenstein is one of the first computer games I ever had as a kid, and I played the hell out of it. I played most of the other ones that have come out. I have not played this one, or I think there's one New Blood, I think, or Old Blood. Wolfenstein the Old Blood, I think, is the other one. So I kind of want to play these games again. So Wolfenstein the New Order, you run around, you fight Nazis, there's an interesting story, there's an actual plot that's going on as well with kind of some supernatural-esque mysteries with the Nazis, you know, delving into things man was not meant to know kind of deal. Plus guns and explosions, and it looks awesome, and I think it would be great. $5.06 on G2 all right, vote time. I think shooting Nazis sounds like a good idea. I'm going to vote for Wolfenstein. I wanted to vote for my game, but I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to vote for Ori in the Blind Forest. I'm actually going to vote for Life is Strange. I've wanted to get into that game for a while. That was going to be what I... That will be what I vote for as well. So Life is Strange is my vote. Free game! If you want the other chapters, I was looking it up while you were talking, uh, it's $5 and something for all of them on G2A. Or you can get it on Steam or... Yeah, if it was me, I'd grab the free one. You know, you do you. But that's not as fun as doing other people. (laughs) 
<laughs> so that was Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. You can find all kinds of nerd shenanigans, including our other Four Color Nerds podcast on the week's comic books at fourcolornerds.com or our Facebook page, Four Color Nerds. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram. You can find the podcast on iTunes and Google Play Music, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and on Podcast Addict. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and come back next week for another episode. Until then, keep gaming, nerds! <laughs>